Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Business Growth Show, where we talk about all components of business and how to utilize them for exponential growth. My name is Ethan Cassiotis. I'm a business growth expert where I help business owners grow and scale to create wealth and freedom. And today I have an awesome guest. His name is Joe Frankie III, and he's a CEO, board member, LinkedIn coach, speaker, and consultant, co-author, mentor, and confident guest of podcast, TV, and radio. And he partners with leaders to build a LinkedIn bridge from where they are now to where they want to go. And based on demand, he's coaching on LinkedIn for leaders who want to land a new opportunity, pivot, change sectors, get promoted, and or build better merchandise for themselves on LinkedIn. And his furthest clients are in Saudi Arabia, Algeria, Germany, France, Hong Kong, Singapore, Australia, Canada, Thailand, Turkey, and China. And he did three 15-minute segments for Storefront on how LinkedIn is used in business for Pakistani television. And Morgan James Publishing has taken his award-winning ebook on using LinkedIn and has put it into print, Kindle, etc., which is called LinkedIn, the five-minute drill for executive networking success. Welcome, Joe Frankie the third. Thank you for being on my show. Man, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. I'm sure it's gonna be an awesome show for everyone watching and listening today. So you're a very successful entrepreneur. So for those people that know who you are, please introduce yourself by telling us about you and your journey. Well, uh, the journey began when I graduated from high school, just like all of us did. A month later, I was in the Army and spent four years at the U.S. Military Academy and then 30 years on active duty and uh, departed the services as a colonel commanding, commanded at all uh, levels. And then I was trying to pierce the veil of the corporate world. And uh, what I found was, uh, you know, the corporate world didn't really need a 52 year old uh, at that, that time. And so somebody gave me some really wise advices, Joe, go out there, use your multifunctional talents, work with some guys putting a deal together, start up, you know, and uh, use your sweat equity and, and, you know, get after it. And so that's basically uh, what occurred for me. And I did that. And as I was doing that, uh, LinkedIn came about into its own. And I didn't have that when I first uh, got out of the army and tried to transition, you know, properly into the private sector. It was just new and wasn't there. And so I saw the value of the tool and started using it, found uh, key people that we needed for our projects, uh, you know, in China and that kind of stuff. And um, then just had a normal business career, continuing to do that, working on various startups, you know, working the wholesales, trying to, you know, get stuff going. And then one day uh, a friend said, hey, why don't you uh, help us out? Uh, we want to open up a, a search office, you know, to recruit executives. And I said, sure. I mean, that sounds like fun. Haven't done that before. And so it was a top 2% firm and they trained us in how they wanted things done and what have you. And uh, it was a great experience. And what happened to me when I was doing that is a lot of people that were out of work would contact me and say, hey, Joe, I need some help. So you'd help them with the resume and their LinkedIn profile. And what I saw over time, um, you know, eventually worked with a partner and then went out on my own in executive search is most people 
uh, especially executives, are under-merchandised. In other words, uh, they bring so much more to the table than what they either have on their resume and or their LinkedIn profile. And the benefit of the LinkedIn profile is it gives you the ability to merchandise your intellect as well as your emotional intelligence. And so properly populated, this puts you out there in a way that you can be seen. And if you can be seen properly, then you can be found. If you can be found, then you can be contacted. And, you know, the, in the contact, that might be something you want to do or not. But if the phone doesn't ring, there's no opportunity. Yeah. So that's uh, kind of how that started for me. And I was helping uh, military people as they transition because LinkedIn was now this tool to take what they did in the military, translate it into civilian uh, vernacular and allow the, the, the civilian hiring managers to understand, okay, what did this military person do? What does he bring to the table in such a way that, you know, I can understand what he or she uh, uh, has done? And anyway, so as I was working through that uh, one day, um, I must have been fairly successful because people started calling me at five o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock at night, says, you helped Joe, you know, he got an interview, you helped John, you know, he got what he wanted. And so my wife said, hey, either go back to your day job <laughs> or make a business out of this. And uh, so... Uh, once she said that, she said, Joe, I'm listening to you talk to these people and you sound like you're developing officers in the army. And then there was this big blinding flash of the obvious that all I'd done for the last uh, 35 plus years at that time was develop people. And so this was really an extension of everything I did in the army. Because in the army, you're either helping uh, a senior non-commissioned officer or an officer get to their next school, get to their next promotion, get to their next assignment, get to the next project that further develops them so that they can be considered, you know, competitive for promotion. And this the same was true in 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 the civilian sector. In other words, a lot of people had done a lot of things, but nobody can see what they did. And so that's how I ended up uh, where I'm at today. And what we tried to do is encapsulate in a one-hour book. And the hardest thing I've ever done in my life is write a one-hour book uh, with a co-author. And that's that LinkedIn, the five-minute drill for executive networking success. And so uh, I've coached 709 executives and 14 different countries, and those are executives, veterans, and students. The youngest I've coached is 15 years old. The oldest is 84. The bulk of them are 40-plus-year-olds trying to figure out what is next. Awesome. Thank you for sharing uh, the story. I love um, hearing where it all started and, um, yeah, that that military you know, veteran background um, there, you know, I'm sure has helped you a lot, um, you know, around the mindset stuff. And then, you know, obviously now how you're helping 700 plus people, which is amazing, um, you know, there on, on helping them to move forward, um, you know, especially on LinkedIn. So um, let's talk initially about branding because, uh, you know, this is a great topic that I love talking about and and we all 
have a personal brand, right? Um, whether we know it or not, we don't have to be the biggest speaker in the world to have a, a personal brand, you know, even now social media profiles like LinkedIn um, is our personal brand. So um, how, what are your thoughts around how we should be portraying ourselves um, on there, you know, with our branding? Well, for example, from a LinkedIn perspective, you have the advantage of, you know, uh, having multiple personas and people sometimes will ask me, well, what's a persona? Well, I said, well, let's take a look at you. I was talking to a, a lady the other day and I said, you have a persona as a mother. You have a persona as a wife. You have a persona uh, as the person that you work with in this particular uh, company. You have a persona, you know, different ways. So what is it that you want to elevate? What is it that you want people to see? And you just need to bring all of that. And sometimes the people want multiple personas and that's not, not a problem. You just need to be able to, you know, define them and kind of uh, um, do it in such a way that it doesn't, you know, people don't get confused, right? Uh, but the, the branding comes from, okay, what is it that you bring to the table? And I always start with that. What is it that you bring to the table? And somebody will give me, well, you know, I'm responsible for. And I said, look, and out here, if you are trying to get promoted, uh, get new employment, change employment, pivot, uh, what everybody wants to know is what can you do? You know, can you do this? Because if you look at any job description or position specification, there's a list of things that they want done and that you're required to have. And so if you've done those things, why not have it out there? Um, people will say, well, I don't, I'm not sure I want to put that out there. And I said, okay, you know, put it on a note and put it in your obituary file. And he said, well, why, why do I want to do that? And that way, I said, when you die, somebody could say, well, you really did that. Why don't you let it work for you now? And well, I don't want to be boastful. And I said, well, did you do it? Okay. And then I asked her to describe that. And we finally got down to one key sentence, you know, uh, okay, you're a project, uh, uh, you're a project manager. And then over this last eight years, you've done 17 projects ranging in value from $267,000 to $5.7 million with project teams ranging from five to 15 people. And all of these pro projects were delivered on time and under budget. So that one sentence says, okay, you're a real person, you're a real project manager, you can measure your production and you know what you bring to the table. So now you branded yourself as a world-class project manager uh, and you've helped the reader Okay, discern that, okay, you're somebody I need to talk to. Otherwise, if you just say I'm a world class project manager and I've done a lot of project and I've worked in Australia, you know, and I worked here, okay, so has um, another 5,000 project managers. So, how do you differentiate yourself? And then, secondly, people want certain things. Say, I don't want to work in this sector. I don't want, I don't want this. I don't want that. I don't want to move you know, all that kind of stuff, then, okay, in this branding, discern it so that the reader knows what you, what you want. You're not wasting any time uh, of anybody else. 
sometimes this comes up, well, Joe, I don't want to put uh, when I went to college and all that. And I say, well, that's up to you. You don't have to. I said, if you go to my LinkedIn profile, you'll see the exact date that I went to every school. And, you know, you can do the math and I'm, I'm at 70 or 71 years old. And they said, well, why do you want to do that? And I said, I don't want to waste anybody's time. In other words, if they do not want me based on age, that that's fine with me. That saves me a phone call, putting together some pieces of paper, all, you know, go in. And if that's not what they want, then you've wasted all that time where you could have been uh, focused on something else. And uh, those are just a couple of the rabbit holes on the branding. Yeah, nice, no, awesome. I love it. Um, so interesting with yeah how we how we portray ourselves. And like you said, I think it's the power of coaching where people think that some things are not relevant, but you know those are the things that make us unique. Um, you know, and that we need to put it on there to to highlight you know all these different aspects of us. Um, you know, which is great. And um, so let's let's talk a little bit more about this on the LinkedIn side. Um, and you mentioned before about you know intellect and, and emotional intelligence. Um, I want to I want to touch a bit more on, on emotional intelligence here because I think it's a great topic and I think everyone needs to have um, good emotional intelligence. So um, tell us a bit more about yeah how we can um, portray that, but also have you know better emotional intelligence as well. Okay, so um, let's take a look at kind of a gross difference between a resume and a LinkedIn profile. A resume, I look at it, it's a black and white snapshot. The bulk of it is your intellectual intelligence, like what 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 you've done, you know, and it's a direct response to a job description or a position specification. In other words, if you take them side by side, you're answering line by line the question. Do you have this? Do you not? You know, and if so, how much do you have? And so I, I think a, a resume is a snapshot and it's built against a specific requirement. A LinkedIn uh, profile is an oil portrait of you. And so we talked a little bit about branding and we talked a little bit about persona. Well, with an oil portrait, it can be naturalist. It can be realistic. It could be romantic because you control the brush. And so if we want to change something on a resume, since it's a photograph, we got to take another picture. If we want to change something on the oil portrait, we go over and mix up some pigment and we come over there and we add that one little hair on Nathan's head that goes over his eye, you know. And you could do that and you haven't changed the whole thing. So the LinkedIn profile gives you the ability to merchandise your emotional intelligence as well as your intellect. And um, your LinkedIn profile, people don't understand this, but it actually is, is your avatar at a coffee meeting or a tea meeting. You know, somebody opens you up, they're gonna meet you. And so you wanna put your best foot forward there. You know, you don't want to show up in a in a raggedy shirt. You know, if you're a professional, you don't want to give that kind of uh, um, look to it. And so that's happening whether you like it or not, you know, 130 times a day when somebody opens up your profile and look at it. 
And people will say, well, wh what do you think? I said, you're writing the profile for the one in a hundred. You're not writing the profile for the masses. You're writing the profile so that the one person that needs things that you have kind of finds you. And when they're on your profile, you want them to do one-stop shopping. You don't want them going anywhere else. You want them to just devour your profile. And if they do that, that's going to generate a message or a call or some sort of communication. And then from that, you decide, you know, yes, no, continue. Yeah, awesome. I love that. Um, so true. Uh, you know, it's so powerful, um, the profile there. And yeah, like I, I do it. Um, and a lot of people actually don't think about this. Like, you know, before you're having a meeting with someone, especially if you're meeting them for the first time, you should always look, look at them online. You know, LinkedIn is definitely the first one that I go to. And if they've got anything else that's that's linked to that, um, why wouldn't you want to go in and be able to build rapport with someone, um, you know, everything like that? You know, especially if you're on the other side, if you're on the side where you're going for an interview, like if you know who the person is that is interviewing you for whatever reason, if they sent you a, a calendar invite or, or anything like that in the business, then why would you not find out about them? right? <clears throat> to be able to then, you know, connect and, and find some commonalities there, which is, I think, really important as well. That's true. It, it, it is. And, uh, and it becomes like, you know, going to the quick stop, you know, if, and they can do it right from their phone. You know, you don't have to be behind, uh, you know, a workstation and you can do it on the phone, you know? Um, and, and uh, I think that's uh, really important. I mean, the power of the phone for somebody to look at your complete life in, in a five five to seven minutes, you know, to make a determination about, you know, how they're going to approach you, I think is key. And it's up to you, you know, you as the individual, you know, to take care of yourself. Um, well, people will say, well, I don't think LinkedIn's that that important and i said well you can still get what you want but here's the metrics for every ten thousand dollars in salary uh it's going to take you about a month to get a job under the old way so if you're in a senior executive and you know you think you're two hundred thousand dollars that's 20 months who's got 20 months mm. nobody wants to be out of work that long so once you're out of work and you go into the funnel, you know, and at the end is your back in work. The only grease in that funnel is LinkedIn. Definitely. Love it. <clears throat> Let's talk like about showcasing ourselves. Like you mentioned it before. And obviously we have skills um, that we can put into LinkedIn um, up to 50 and we can have recommendations, right? Further down as well that we can receive or, or give at the same time, and I think these are really important <clears throat> to showcase what we're good at, or obviously the recommendations, especially right. because people are saying great things about us. So what do you think people should be focusing on in these skills and, and recommendation areas so that they uh, really have their best foot forward when people are looking at their profile? So um, the, the best thing that you can do for yourself is one, you know, understand how to build a LinkedIn profile, you know, the basics. Uh, in the back of our book is, uh, you know, if you don't understand anything about it, is what I call the primer. And it's Rock the World with LinkedIn version uh, 2.0 by Laurie Ruff, which is my co-author. 
And when we made the book, we had to make a basic decision. I said, do we want to cover general stuff again or do we want to teach people, you know, okay, you already know this other book. In other words, the basics of LinkedIn. And what we chose was, okay, we're going to make this on how to use LinkedIn as opposed to, hey, go here. You really need to fill this in and all that. Because her other book does a great job on that. And I, I still use it as a reference resource by section. And um, so once you've kind of mastered LinkedIn, then uh, recommendations are are very powerful. But, you know, it, you've, for somebody to give you a recommendation, you have to have a good experience section, right? You know, because if you don't have anything there, why would I want to recommend you? You say you didn't do anything. You just got a title that you're in a job, which means you you showed up to work and you backed up to the pay window every month, but you didn't do anything. So um, I believe that you've got to articulate, you know, what you do. What did you bring? What did your team bring uh, to the to the table? And, uh, you know, metrics matter because that's how you get differentiated. There's qualitative metrics. though That's a word picture. And there's quantitative metrics associated with the number, you know, or some sort of up or down, increased, decreased, that that kind of stuff. And uh, with a lot of people I work with, uh, you know, I always tell them, I mean, if you can't articulate and show me you know how to measure your production, I can't sell you. So a client has me, he doesn't come and say, Joe, I need a new uh, chief financial officer. He says, Joe, I need a chief financial officer that can stop this kind of hemorrhaging, you know, this and that. There's never, hey, Joe, just go find me a chief financial officer. It comes with, you know, tears and blood, you know, on the piece of paper, you know, can you do it yesterday? You know, it's a 911 kind of call. And so you're looking for very specific things. And so how do I find them? I put search words up in the LinkedIn search box and I start searching for people. I'll put 10 of them up there and look at the first 400 and each come up. I'll rearrange those 10 words, do the next 400 and see who's consistently coming up in the top 40. And I'll do that over and over till I get to 15 and I'll work that to eight. So bottom line, if you can't show that you can measure your production and you can't articulate what you've done, then you're you're kind of the ones that show up in 335 out of 400. We never get to you. And that that's not a mean thing. That's just reality. Yeah, I love that. It's um, knowing in the background how people look at these things, right? Because to make sure that you're you're up there. It's like, you know, if I give a different metaphor example, it's like being on the first page of Google. Very few people go to the second page of Google, right? When they're looking at stuff. So you got to make sure on LinkedIn that you're on that first page right there, that people are seeing you at the top of that area um, by doing all these things. So I love, um, you know, I love those different areas of, of making people, you know, stressing the importance of that. Um, let's touch a bit on leadership here because I think it's a great topic and um, you've worked with a lot of leaders um, as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what do you see as, as being a great leader or what, what are some of these traits that, you know, we can help ourselves to be a better leader, which obviously businesses want, you know, at the same time? Well, uh, you know, you you have basically 
two two types, and I'm just defining this. So the the most difficult challenge is, I think, is when uh, a company or and people, you know, are able to work in this company and they work alone, right? So they do real well, you know, on this 10 year span. I mean, they, they're, I mean, they produce, they get promoted, they get rewarded and all this. And then what happens is uh, you are in a situation where, okay, in the next pr promotion, you've got uh, three or four people, right? That you're supervising. And you have worked in this little cocoon, you know, and uh, what I find is, uh, you know, people at a loss on how to, you know, get a small group of people all on the same page and working. And you can't imagine uh, the, the challenges of, of, you know, how people approach that, you know, if they're lucky, they learn leadership some other place. I mean, you can learn a lot about leadership by, you know, being in very various clubs, you know, in high school, various sports teams. You understand that there's a hierarchy, you know, knows who's in charge, that kind of uh, uh, stuff. So you have that group and um, they just need some basic uh, leadership uh, training. And that can be gotten in various ways. The others uh, after you're, you know, 30, you've either demonstrated, you know, the potential for leadership and people have seen it, they've recognized it, you know, they're starting to promote you in, 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 in that area. And then it's, how do you define, how do you finesse, you know, your leadership? How do you get the most out of your people? And I always approach it from the standpoint of you take care of the people first, you shield them, you know, I'm responsible for everything that fails to happen. If I'm your boss, I gave you the task. And if you fail on it, it's on me. But, you know, uh, I found that you got to give people the opportunity to fail or they don't ever learn anything, you know, or they come to near failure and they come back and say, hey, this is going bad. sir. you know, sir, how do I how do I get out of this situation? Or, you know, I'm I'm open to guidance <laughs> and, uh, you know, you 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 help them out but uh, i don't think you can learn to be a leader without your leader <clears throat> underwriting you and trying to give you projects you know that are going to develop you yeah i love it especially that last part that you said because teaching leadership is one thing but actually doing it and and leading it and stepping outside that comfort zone um, is so true I, I know that when i go to certain events sometimes i've crewed before and, you know, you become in a leadership role about what you have to do. And you're put in the deep end to some extent. Um, but, you know, you give yeah. a lot of support, right, to do it and go, hey, we're here to support you, but you've got to lead this team or you've got to do this and you work together and uh, in a real environment. Um, and it's a great way, you know, for smaller projects. So you should, yeah, but you're putting your hand up and get those opportunities. And it's like building that muscle, right? Like the gym, you, you, you got to do more of it and then you, you become a better leader and, um, yeah, leading leading from the front um, and, and really supporting the people around you. So I love, love those points um, that you mentioned there. And let, let's talk a little bit more about your, your um, award-winning ebook now um, on using LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, that was the five minute drill for executive networking success. So tell us yeah, more about it. Well, the first part of the book is uh, I had all kinds of executives tell me, he said, Joe, I don't have time for this LinkedIn stuff, you know, uh, you know, uh, 
you know, I'm an executive, you know, I'm up there, I need to be, and I said, you need to be seen. I said, you're the number one salesman for this company if you're the CEO. You got to be seen, you know, so let's talk about uh, how you do it and minimize your, your time on it. And so from that, we came up with a five-minute drill. In other words, if you follow this drill and do these things, and it's going to take you repetitively probably two weeks to get it down to five minutes, but you can do all of these uh, particular things like uh, uh, check on your groups, see who's posting in there. Do you want to make a comment on that? Somebody sent some uh, messages to you. Do you want to acknowledge that, comment on it? Uh, and, you know, there's a whole template in there to uh, follow. But it was mainly so that they didn't get tied up, wrapped around the axle, and they could, you know, they, the system sees that they were there, they were active, you know, and, and they did something. Now, if they wanted to spend longer time, that was up to them. But the most of the people want to know, how do I get out, get in, get out and be seen and, uh, you know, save more time for the other things I, I want to do? So I suggested, OK, if you want to do this more than once, then do the five minute drill in the morning and do the five minute drill, you know, in 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 the evening, because, you know, there's going to be different things that happen during the day on LinkedIn. Somebody might have commented to their like or something like that, and they could make various choices about what they wanted to do. And it kind of explained that to them. And that we do all that in the first five pages. <laughs> then the rest of the book is really how Lori's idea on how to, you know, maximize uh, your your time there. My ideas on, you know, hey, there's all kinds of things you can accomplish here. But the key is having a profile. Uh, one one uh, segue to that is I did not have a website until uh, Morgan James decided to publish the book. And I said, why do I have to have a website? And they said, well, because, you know, certain things in the book are happen. So we're going to put your website in there. And that way, changes, updates, you know, anything you want to do, you know, you're referenced in, in the book. So, okay, went and got me a website. But uh, up until that time, you know, all of my uh, work, all of my inquiries, my clientele basically coming to me based on them finding me on LinkedIn. And then me working with people, then word of mouth to other people. And so for the most part, um, I mean, most of my um, clients and, you know, I didn't advertise in 14 different countries. So they found me. And they found me by doing a search on LinkedIn. So they put a bunch of search words up in the LinkedIn search box. And I guess I was one of the ones because, you know, I got contacted and some I wasn't the right guy for. I said, you know, I'm, I'm that's not my thing. You know, I refer them out to uh, somebody that's, you know, more in that bailiwick. But some people, uh, a lot of them were, okay, how can you help me, you know, um, have a better presence here? And, you know, we 
struck up a relationship and, you know, I coached them through what they wanted. And I've had several companies come to me and say, Joe, we want to take everything you know, we want to put it on the internet and people are just going to swipe their credit card for 15 minutes at a shot and all that kind of stuff. And I said, how many companies have you done this for? We've done this for 50 coaches. And I said, I don't know how I do that. I've coached 709 people, but I've never coached the same way twice. So I don't know what I would put out there because uh, I do it on an individual basis based on two things. Where are you at now? And let's define where you want to go. And then I'll help you engineer a LinkedIn bridge that'll get you there. Now, when I say that, part of that bridge is, hey, if this is what you really want to do, you need another year of college and you need these four courses in in that year. You know, so when they define what they want, I mean, you know, it, it involves work. <laughs> You know? Now, if they've already got it and they just haven't merchandised it, uh, then we can do that. And the important point is if you build a great foundation in LinkedIn, you can go, you can build a, a multi-story uh, apartment building. But if you have a kind of a crappy foundation, you know, you can't go up too far. Yeah, <laughs> nice. I love that. So true. Um with the foundational stuff and, and about doing the work. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you need the skills um, to be able to showcase certain things and hopefully you have them, but if not, um, you know, go out there and get them um, like that. So I love that because uh, that's how it works with, uh, with making things happen there. And um, let's just talk about coaching and mentoring here, because I think it's an important topic. You've coached, you know, 700 plus people. I've done a lot of coaching, mentoring myself, enjoy helping others, but also, from our perspective now, as in like us getting coached and mentored, right, in different ways. So I'd love to hear from your perspective on how important, you know, coaching, mentoring um, has been for you, you know, what it's helped you to achieve. Uh, you know, uh, to me, you always need to be a perpetual student. And uh, so that means, uh, you know, you're always reading and it doesn't have to be the most current thing of the day. I mean, all of the knowledge, the bulk of the knowledge is already out there, right? <laughs> You know, so uh, there are some really good books on that. And uh, one of the uh, uh, ones uh, I love is, uh, and I can't think of it right now, but uh, it was The Power of Telling a Story. And it was written by um, a, a gentleman that owned the Golden State Warriors, you know, and Mandalay Entertainment. You know, so he didn't have to write a book. He's a billionaire, right? But in this book, he told story after story after story that when he closed a deal, he told a story. When a deal blew up and he tried to get people to come back to the table, he told a story. And when he didn't tell a story, nothing happened. <laughs> so he he said, you know, it was it was amazing. And, you know, he took this time to really share, you know, this experience. And so that was one of the things I learned, you know, along with other, um, you know, taking other books and combining them and looking at LinkedIn and say, okay, how can we take and solidify all of this stuff so that this works, you know, on LinkedIn and, um, so I think LinkedIn gives you the power to tell multiple stories. And a lot of times I 
talk to people. And I said, you know, you got 2000 characters in this experience section. You know, why isn't it full? You, you didn't do anything while you were there, <laughs> you know? And then, you know, if you ask them the questions, it all comes out, right? You know, just go through a list of questions like, well, what was the most favorite thing you've done there? What was the most memorable? You know, and they tell you a little story. And I say, well, okay, you can tell that story here. You can go over in this other place in, on LinkedIn and amplify that story. And then over here, since you uh, wrote a magazine article about that story, you, you can put it in publications, you know. I mean, um, I look at LinkedIn, you know, when you and I first got on it, day one, right? Uh, LinkedIn issued you a skeleton of Ethan, Ethan, right? So white, bleach white skeleton. And so what your job on LinkedIn is, is to take and add meat to the bone. And that's ligaments, muscles, tendons, right? And so some people they just kind of list some stuff on there. So they kind of got a little bit of face and they got a little bit of neck and then they're kind of bleach white all the way down. But LinkedIn's kind of like the Wall Street Journal. Most people use it above the fold on the first page. But, you know, there's pages one through 12. There's a finance section, you know, an op-ed section and all this other kind of stuff. Well, LinkedIn has all that stuff. And most people don't choose to use it. But the, at, the, at the end of the day, when you think about it and what you want, you're in a content war with your peers. If you know what you want, then you know who your peer is, then your content has to be more, it has to be higher quality, and it has to be compelling. And if you populate a LinkedIn profile, branded in the way you want, and you tell story after story, compelling story, that you know you solve problems because anybody looking for anybody on LinkedIn is looking for a problem solver. They're not looking for a friend. I mean, this is a business network. They're looking for people that can do something. And if you can do something, you're a problem solver. And so tell story after story after story that you solve problems. And a lot of times I'll get a client call and I said, well, how did you find me? You know, and he said, well, you know, I saw this project, you know, where you uh, were working on with this team on rescuing this Russian submarine, and it sounded like a very unstructured problem. And it was, <laughs> you know, there's not a manual to rescue a Russian submarine, at least at that day. Um, and uh, and he had a very unstructured problem. And then he kind of told me about it. And I said, well, if I was going to approach it, I'd approach this, you know. And so at the end of the day after working with each other a while i mean you know we got together and you know uh worked through his challenge and put a team together and you know solved this problem but the point is whatever he searched for in trying to solve his problem he found me you know so uh that's what it's all about is what is it that you want people to find this is a little bit like fishing right if you uh, go out and you want to catch a trout, if you take bologna from your bologna sandwich, I don't think you're going to have much luck. But if you use a lure or a bait that the trout is really looking for, you'll probably get trout on the end of that line. Yeah. So a lot of people out here are upset because they're not going anywhere. 
but they're fishing with baloney. Nice. I love that. Thank you for, uh, yeah, great deep depthness there. And I uh, love the analogy as well. Uh, make sure you got the right bait for the right fish and, um, you know, putting yourself in that best um, sense with, um, with what you're doing there. So, um, yeah, a lot of value here today. Loved it, Joe. So just as we're starting to wrap up here now, what one key piece of advice would you like to give everyone watching and listening today? Um, I'll share one little uh, snippet. I was working with some clients and, uh, you know, uh, I'm getting ready to send five candidates in, you know, on an opportunity. And, um, and I picked, you know, I was working with these guys and I said, you know, you're going to be in the second five. So I already knew that the guy uh, wanted, you know, he was kind of had a preponderance. He was an Eagle Scout. So, you know, three of the first five I sent in were Eagle Scouts. And, you know, in the first five, you know, he picked one of the Eagle Scouts. And we know when I was talking to the second guy, I said, well, why do you think he picked them? And I said, well, I think he was an Eagle Scout. And he kind of like, you know, he resonated with him. I mean, you know, when you're at that final stage, you know, it's an emotional sale. It's not about intellectual anymore because everybody intellectual has made it through the gate to go in there. Right. And he goes, he, the other gentleman says, I'm an Eagle Scout. And I said, no, you're not. And he goes, Joe, I'm an Eagle Scout. And I said, no, you're not. And he goes into his wallet and he pulls out, you know, a card that, you know, he's got the card, you know, <laughs> that says he is one and all that kind of stuff. And I said, you know, in my world, you're not an Eagle Scout because it's not on your LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Awesome. I didn't know it. I didn't consider it. You were in five through eight and one through five made sure they had their Eagle Scout on there. So uh, the lesson learned on there is if you've done it, it's not boasting, you know, take credit for it. Yeah, love it. So true. Definitely put your stuff on there, show you your, everything that you're about. And this is the power of having external people sometimes, because sometimes you can't think about it yourself. You get coaches, mentors there to help you <clears throat> to extract all this gold from you to, to put your, your best foot forward. So love it, Joe. Awesome stuff there. And yeah, we, we connected through our network. So I learned about your awesome journey from you know being a combat veteran to now LinkedIn, you know, coach, speaker and consultant, among many other things. Um, you know, you're an awesome guy. I'm sure you continue to help leaders and companies to build better teams and take their you know career to the next level as well. Very grateful that we connected and look forward to working with you. So Joe, how can people find you and get in contact with you? Um, the main way is uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, Joe Frankie, triple I is uh, the URL uh, name. And uh, we're at uh, www.jfiiiassociates.com. That's the website. And I have a bookshelf on there for people that want to be entrepreneurs of oil and gas, petroleum, and a LinkedIn bookshelf, you know, that has some of the things that we talked about uh, today. So there's ways you can educate yourself. Yeah, awesome. Definitely take out Joe on all those different links. Um, obviously, his LinkedIn profile, I'm sure you learn a lot, even just looking at it, uh, alone, just let alone connecting, as well as um, yeah, the website and all those details and his book, obviously. So there's some awesome value there. So definitely check that out, everybody. And I want to thank everybody for watching and listening to this show where we talk about everything on business growth. And please like, subscribe and leave us a five-star review. And you can find me on LinkedIn 
Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube is Ethan Cassiotis, or visit my website, ethancassiotis.com. If you want to grow and scale your business, you can reach out to me on any platform to see if we're a good fit. And I completely agree with you, or do I? The only way you know is if you tune in next time. So until next time, remember that our business grows when we learn skills and take action using them in spite of fear. So remember to design your growth and results.